What did you get for Christmas? Was it what you wanted? Did you get a new iPhone? Or was it what you needed? Some money for college or maybe a membership to the gym? There's an interesting thing that happens when we get something that we, that we need. Uh, we don't make a big deal out of it. In fact, we, we might try to deny it for a while. We try to deny that we, that we need that thing. I, I don't need that. It's, it's not for me. On the other hand, if it's something that we, that we got for ourselves, something that we wanted, uh, we tend to boast and we make a big deal out of our work, uh, either becoming prideful uh, or if we fail at it, falling into despair. Now, this is the picture that St. Paul paints for us in his letter to the Romans. God gives us something that we all desperately need. He says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God publicly, publicly displayed as the atonement seat through faith in His blood. The grace of God is for all people, and it's something that all people need. Paul gives the picture of the grace of God uh, being like the atonement seat, or the, the mercy seat that we sang about in our opening hymn. The, the atonement seat was the cover of the Ark of the Covenant. It was beautiful and, and glorious, and it covered what was inside. In fact, it, it covered the, the tablets of the Ten Commandments. It covered the law, which no one has kept except Jesus. And it covered them with something beautiful. We are covered with our sins, with our past, with our guilt, with our failure to keep the law, we are covered with the righteousness of Jesus, just like the atonement seat covers the Ten Commandments. God's grace covers the law. But naturally, we don't think that we need this covering. Paul rhetorically asks the Romans, is God only the God of the Jews, or is he not also the God of the Gentiles? The Christians in Rome had thought that they had God's grace because they were good and they had kept the law, specifically the law of circumcision, uh, unlike the Gentiles who had not. So they thought they were deserving of heaven and, and didn't need God's grace, didn't need God. And we tend to think like this too, that grace comes by the law, by our working, and, and if so, then, then God's not for me. Either I'm too good for God and don't need His grace, or God's too good for me because I haven't kept the law and I don't deserve His grace. But this is why Epiphany is such an important festival and why the message of Epiphany is, is as needed today as much as ever. Epiphany reminds us that God is for us. Epiphany means a revelation or, or manifestation. God publicly displaying something. At Jesus' birth, the star appeared. It was the manifestation of the glory of God, the sign that God had come to earth in Christ Jesus. Everyone saw it from every nation. And yet notice that the people closest to that star did not come. The Jewish religious leaders in the temple at Jerusalem and the experts in the law, the law of the Bible, 
saw it. They knew exactly what it was. They even told the wise men what it was. They studied it, but they didn't care. They didn't think God was for them. Instead, a handful of some of the most unexpected men come. The wise men, or magi. The wise men are the, the greatest example of people believing God was for them. And here's why. These are men who, who had come most likely from uh, the nation of Babylon. They had almost no reason to believe God was for them. Uh, Babylon is a heathen nation. And not only did Babylon have its own gods, but, but the honor and worship given to a foreign king would have amounted to one of the highest cultural sins. And we have these today too. Uh, these things that, that we don't do, not only because the Bible uh, says they're wrong, but because society views them as such an offense, like, like making fun of someone uh, and, and persecuting them because of their race. In the ancient world, it was really the exact opposite. The majority of the ancient world was remarkably racist. If you were from Babylon, you wouldn't even think about vacationing in Israel, let alone go there to pay honor to their king. They just wouldn't do that. That's another reason Paul asks, is God only the God of the Jews? Because many in Rome, to whom Paul is writing, would have believed that. Would have believed that, that other people from different places or races didn't deserve God's grace. For the wise men, on top of that, the God of Israel had, had no place, absolutely no place in their culture. You know, our American culture doesn't really understand Christmas, uh, let alone Epiphany. And most places uh, take down their decorations on the second day of Christmas and then skip straight over Epiphany and, and, and go straight to Valentine's Day and divorcing all these things from their Christian foundations. But at least the holidays are recognized in our culture. The wise men didn't have that. There is no anticipation for Christmas, no anticipation for the birth of the Messiah in their world. So to believe that this little toddler king was for them was unbelievably countercultural. But yet these magi traveled hundreds of miles because God was for them. He just wasn't the God of the Jews. He was the God of all people. And because they came and worshipped Jesus, it proves God is for you, too. And if you don't know why it's such a great thing that God is for you, you don't have to look much further than what happens with even the resolutions we make at the new year. You know, we tend to get all high and excited about our plans for the new year, but what always happens? Either we succeed and then we get boastful and, and then as a result get careless and then we end up worse off than before or we fail and we despair. This is why Paul said that God needs to be both just and the one who justifies the person who has faith in Jesus. Because no matter what, if left to ourselves, we would ruin our salvation. We would mess it up. Either we would get prideful and believe we don't need God, or we'd despair and believe that God won't save me because I, I fail. But the fact that God alone justifies 
means that we have absolutely no reason to boast. And that's a freeing thing. But it also makes being a Christian difficult. To St. Paul's audience in Rome, they had believed that the reason one was saved or not was whether or not they followed the law of circumcision. So Paul responds that God didn't justify people for their works, but through faith. They live under grace. God's grace is undeserved love. If you work for it, that means you in some way must deserve it, and it's no longer grace. But that is what they lived under, grace. And we live under grace too. Martin Luther once commented on the new difficulty of living under grace. And he said this to pastors. He said, it was easy to get people to come to church under the law, but very difficult for those under grace. If people were threatened with the law or some temporal or eternal punishment, well, of course they would come to church. And that's the way the church had operated for many years prior to the Reformation. But for pastors and churches that preach the gospel, it's a greater burden because there is no earthly reason why someone would want to come to church. You're not going to get rich. You're not going to be more blessed. You probably won't have more friends. And conversely, there, there is no earthly negative reason or result for not coming to church. In fact, for people who, who do come to church, it often means division in families. It means ridicule from friends. It, it means uh, punishment, and maybe not a physical one, but, but a psychological one. If you choose church over, over sports practice, for instance, you might be punished by not being allowed to play at the next game. If you choose church over, over a shift at work, uh, you'll be passed over for other opportunities. Simply put, it's only ever going to get harder for us to not take God's grace for granted. It's only ever going to get harder to travel and to fall down and worship Jesus as the wise men did. And the truth is, we'll never be perfect at it. And we have no law that, that says you must come to church to hear God's word. After all, we live by faith, under grace, not under law. So what does that mean? Does that mean that, that anything God tells us that we should do doesn't apply to us anymore? God tells us where he reveals himself today, where he manifests himself today, where his epiphany is today. Not in a star, but in his word and in his body and blood. And he tells us that we should come before his throne and fall down and worship him. Now, what does this mean if we live under grace and not under law? It means these things are where God distributes his grace for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. In addition, Paul says that by faith, we, we don't do away with the law, we don't, we don't disregard it, but through faith, we uphold it. And we have the freedom in Christ to come to where Jesus is and fall down and worship him. Faith does just that. Faith does what the wise men did. Faith trusts that God is for me. And not only do I need God, but that he wants me. And God is for you. He doesn't need anything from you. He doesn't need you to come to him. He came to earth 
from heaven for you to give you the greatest gift ever, the righteousness of Jesus. He covers your sins as the atonement seat covers the Ten Commandments, the law. And God publicly displayed this by hanging Jesus on a cross for your sins. And now he manifests himself, not in a star, but, but in water, in word, and bread and wine. And all to give you and I what we didn't think we needed. Something that will comfort us when we don't think we deserve it. God's epiphany, which he reveals constantly in his word and sacraments, is that he is always for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.